0: Hi, my love. growing podcast community. Now let's go ahead and dive into today's episode. House of Roll presents a life well-crafted. Five iconic luxury brands sharing the spotlight in one lavish house of brands. Roll, Ria Bell, Perrin and Roe, Victoria and Albert, and Shaw's. To discover the full scope of design possibilities for your kitchen and bath, Look no further than House of Roll. Reimagine your own setting at houseofroll.com. Welcome back to the podcast. If you're new here, my name is Yantra Nicolette. I'm the host of Manifest Daily. And if you're an OG listener, hey girl, hey, hey boy, hey, what's poppin', what's good? Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Manifest Daily. So, my loves, I know y'all are tired of hearing me sit here talking to myself for all these episodes. So, I had to bring on a guest for today's episode. It's been a minute since I've done a guest episode, but I am so excited for this one. And just so you guys know, in 2022, I'm going to be bringing on more guests. Like we're still going to have our regular episodes. Okay, you're still going to have your time with me for us to sip our tequila and hot chocolate and everything together. But some of the episodes will definitely be guest episodes so that I can bring on more experts. We can chat about more stuff. And there are some cool episodes coming up for sure. I have one planned for December where I'm speaking to an astrologer who's going to be telling us all about the different things happening in astrology for 2022 and giving us sort of like an energetic forecast so I know y'all gonna love that one but Today, I'm chatting with Sloan Elizabeth. Sloan is a food freedom and intuitive eating coach. She is amazing. We have this beautiful conversation where we dive into diet culture, intuitive eating and what it is, what that looks like, how you can prepare to intuitively eat during the holidays and not binge. All of the good stuff, healing your relationship with food, all of that good, good stuff. And I feel like you guys are going to love her energy, love her vibe. She's a Taurus as well. Okay, Taurus gang, Earth gang sign. Okay, Earth gang sign. No, baby, Earth. Sign gang. Y'all, I can't speak clearly. It's because I spent my last hour chatting with Sloan and I'm tired now, y'all. I'm tired. But I wanted to just come on here, introduce her. She's gonna do a wonderful job of introducing herself when you guys hear her and meet her virtually or like lee Okay. I think that's a word it's not really a word but we're gonna make it a word today okay but when y'all meet her you are gonna absolutely fall in love with her so let's go ahead let's grab our drinks my friends I personally have my iced caramel macchiato sitting here from Starbucks y'all you know it was a vibe today Like I got out of the gym and I remembered I had money on my Starbucks card and I was like baby we just gonna run over to Starbucks real quick but then I ended up waiting in line for like 20 minutes so it really just felt like a waste of time but then I got my macchiato and I was happy again but anyways my friends, grab your drinks whether it be a macchiato like your girl your tequila shot because listen I ain't gonna judge you it's a holiday week baby if you want to take you a shot of tequila some Don Julio baby I'm I'm not gonna judge you at all okay some water for those of you ladies and gents who love to stay hydrated we love that for our skin and for our bodies and let's go ahead and dive into today's episode with Sloan Elizabeth Hi Sloan, how are you today? so
1: good. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here.
0: Yes, I'm so excited to have you. I haven't had a guest on in like a minute. So this feels like I'm trying to get back into my rhythm. I'm trying to like get back into the vibe of like chatting with someone else besides myself. It's obviously very nice. (laughs) So (laughs) I'm excited to have you on today. And I know we literally just were chatting right before this and we were talking about how you would like to be introduced and all that good stuff. Of course, it just flew right out of my head. So you know what? I am going to go ahead, pass the mic to you, let you tell the audience, a bit about yourself, your title, what you do, what your business and brand is, all that good stuff perfect. Okay.
1: So I'm Sloan
0: Elizabeth and I'm a holistic wellness
1: and food freedom coach and business owner. Um, I'm from Los Angeles. I'm currently living in New York city and yeah, I'm all about helping women eat and live with love and intuition. So I combine science and spirituality to help my clients and my audience come back to their truth, their body's truth, their intuition's truth so that they can diet culture, comparison, body shaming for good, and ultimately live as their most high vibe aligned selves. So that's the main mission. It's food freedom. But as I tell all of my clients, like it's really not about food at all. Um, It's more about life freedom and food is just one way that we explore that.
0: I love that. And I literally got chills like listening to your definition just now, because The part where you said it's not really about food, we're going to get into that more as we dive further into this episode because- You're right. Like, it's literally not about food. I think the reason that there's diet culture and the reason that there's a lot of sort of disconnect with what we put inside of our bodies has to do a lot with like our emotions and what's going on in our lives and like obviously the stress of our current environment and things like that. So, I want to get more into that in a second. But before that, I kind of want to dive into like what prompted you to actually start this business? Like, what is your, instead of like, you know, how on Twitter they say like the villain origin story, like, what is your hero Mm. (laughs) origin story? Story. I
1: love that. So I've always been very entrepreneurial. Like I never was ever going to have a boss. It was just never going to be that way. And thankfully my parents supported me in that dream for enough time for me to like get the business off the ground. Um, so always was entrepreneurial, wasn't sure what that was going to be like. My mom thought I would go to medical school, but and I was really into science, but not enough to go like that heavy into it. So I was pre-med in college, but I also kind of found my love for nutrition and spirituality. So the way that that happened was that I struggled with diet culture in high school, kind of my last few years of high school, I had grown up feeling really confident and had a great relationship with food, but I was kind of a late bloomer. And so when my body started changing, it was years after like you're supposed to in quotation marks, right? You know, you learn around like 13, maybe that's when you get your period and then like your body's going to change. And It was just like five years delayed for me. And so I was very confused. I thought that there was something wrong with me. Like, why was I gaining weight? Why was my body changing? And so I created all of these arbitrary food rules and it was not comfortable. It was not healthy or fun at all. And so when I went to college, I am a very self-aware person. So I knew that what was happening, what I was doing to myself was not going to help me thrive in a new Location, like I was across the country, and I wanted to enjoy the full college experience, so I really dedicated myself to healing my relationship with food, and that ended up happening as I dove into my pre med studies and nutrition studies and got the science and the facts around like how carbohydrates are actually metabolized in the body, for example. Um, But that wasn't really enough because you can know all the facts and still not implement. And so I found Gabby Bernstein's books. I don't know how I found it, maybe on Instagram. And I just like fully dove into spirituality. I've always been very interested in like mediums like psychic mediums but I feel like it wasn't until college where I was more independent and I could you know read self-help books I feel like there was a stigma like when I was younger like oh if you read a self-help book it means you need help um anyway so i finally dove into that and realized like what my intuition was and how i already had this really beautiful relationship with the universe and i am just naturally very intuitive so that kind of allowed me to start practicing and like honing my own intuition and manifestation and that was really what helped me heal my relationship with food. That's when it clicked, when I learned how to surrender control and how to trust myself and trust my body. So then once I graduated and I knew I wanted to do wellness coaching, I decided to kind of niche into what I really knew the best, which was healing your relationship with food in this way, combining the science and the spirituality, because I didn't see anyone else doing it. And I knew that that was going to be the key. Um,
0: And then I did it and now I'm here. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay. So, so many things and what you said just like spoke to me. I do love what you said about combining sort of like the spirituality, the intuition, that whole idea of like trusting the process, trusting yourself, trusting what you intuitively know you should or want to put into your body um, along with the fitness. Because I feel like whenever I do see like fitness or nutrition discourse on like Instagram, for example it's always sort of like the very um, like, you know, go to the gym and like eat the broccoli and stay away from the bread. And I'm like, listen, I love some bread. Okay. I love me bread. And so when you were talking about carbs, I was like, girl, I am literally a carbohydrate walking. So (laughs) I get it. Like, I totally get it. But I want to go back to something you said earlier when you were talking about sort of like that, that change with puberty and when you started to notice like the weight gain and the changes with your body and you immediately sort of shifted into this whole you know restricting of the foods or sort of monitoring your foods i feel like that is definitely something that we see and hear about happening a lot especially with like teenage girls and mm-hmm. especially young women in particular and i kind of want to know in your um in your career right and working with clients have you seen that it is predominantly women who struggle with that, that idea of like their identity and their worth sort of being wrapped up in what they put in their bodies and their, their bodies and how their physique looks and things like that. When compared to men, I mean, I guess I want to hear your thoughts on like, what plays into that and how you've seen that culture sort of shifting and evolving, especially like with social media and all the different things we have to kind of add fuel to that fire.
1: There is a large portion of men who also struggle with disordered eating and body dysmorphia. Those are not my clients, but though that issue kind of like is in the shadows and needs more light shined on it. Um, I think that there are not enough resources for men in the mental health world in general, but it is definitely a thing for men. My brand is very feminine and pink. And so I don't attract those clients, but it is for sure an issue. I think that it's a different issue though, because with women, it has a lot to do with like beauty standards and societal norms and pressure. Same with men though, for body dysmorphia, like the idea that you have to be ripped and you have to have a six pack and you have to be tall. So parallels there for sure. Another issue though, that is specific to folks who have a period is that our hormonal cycles are like 28 to 32 days, whereas men have a 24 hour hormonal cycle. And so as women, there's just so much more ebbing and flowing that goes on with our moods and our bodies. And we're in this society that is very masculine. And so when my clients are like, why am I feeling low this week? Or why am I bloated? This is so annoying. Why can't I just be like how I felt two weeks ago? And like, your luteal phase and your follicular phase are going to feel different forever. And so it's more about finding the strengths and the superpowers in the different phases of the cycle and allowing those ebbs and flows to be. But that's very difficult to allow when you're in a nine to five corporate job, for example, that does not honor the different cycles that we go through. So I think that that is actually like just the hormones is something that plays a big role in this too of just like accepting that our body will look different and feel different throughout the month, guaranteed. And that's just how it is. So that's kind of a specific nuance um, that's definitely important to look at. But I think, yeah, I think that there, it's majority women that struggle with this, but it's not all. There's definitely different components that might contribute to a man who also struggles with food or body image.
0: Yeah, I feel like the conversation always (laughs) comes back to, just you know these established quote unquote norms in society or the traditional beauty standards and it's like who are these standards really appealing to and, and who are they actually helping and, and who are they set for? So that is a whole other, you know, rant we can go mm-hmm. on maybe for another day, but, um, Oh my gosh. Oh, also too, when you were talking about the cycles, I feel that completely. I started tracking my cycle in flow, the app earlier yes. this year in January. So I, I got my ID removed and I've just been trying to relearn my body, like mm-hmm. learn about my cycle, really honor my cycle. I feel like as women, we've been taught, to dislike our cycle, to see it as something that hinders us and really is just kind of like a crappy time. And of course, um, you know, there are women that struggle with their peers in terms of symptoms and things like that. But I do think that it's beautiful to learn our bodies. And I personally I'm going through my ovulation phase right now and this explains why I'm so energetic and high on life and excited and happy (laughs) so I'm living that it ended up falling around the time of our interview so I love that Mm. um but I I want to dive into this whole idea of eating with intuition right you talk about that a lot in your content that's kind of like I would say maybe like a, a pinnacle of your content and and sort of the core of what you speak about And I want to understand, and I want the audience to understand, what does this look like? What does eating with intuition look like or using your intuition? And what does it look like to eat without your intuition or Mm -hmm. without integrity, let's say? Mm, Totally. Yes. So great question.
1: And I think one helpful way to start this explanation is to talk about intuitive eating versus eating with love and intuition. So intuitive eating is kind of a newer term. Um, There is a book on it and it's kind of like this entity where there are 10 principles to intuitive eating. And it's about, you know, ditching or rejecting diet rules and listening to your body. My Issue with this is that so many people are talking about intuitive eating without actually addressing what your intuition is on like a soul level, and so there are a lot of people that just think your intuition is what you're craving, and I'm so glad that just intuitive eating in general is becoming more popular. So I love that. Um, not complaining here, but. It's just not enough in my opinion. Um, It's a little bit too reliant on the principles, which for people that are dieting and are used to rules, like principles, rules, it just kind of feels like the same thing to me. Um, So eating with love and intuition means eating out of a place of love for your holistic being. And I think of this in like three and a half aspects. So your physical being, your mental well being, and then your spiritual slash emotional. And so that's why it's three and a half. For some people, the spiritual and the emotional are the same. And for some it's a little bit you know, separate. So eating with love for your physical, still eating fruits and veggies, honoring gentle nutrition, eating with love for your mental health means making sure that there is peace around food and confidence. Eating with love for your emotions means enjoying your dessert every day and loving your Thanksgiving meal that's coming up and eating out of love for those traditions. And then your intuition helps you decide what to eat, when, where, how much, But as you know, and maybe your audience knows too, your intuition tells you so many things. So in terms of your intuition and food, that's like 3% of what your intuition is actually capable of guiding you in. Um, And so I teach my clients how to listen to their intuition and the universe in general, and how to listen in terms of food. So you know, portion amounts, ingredients, what you want, salty versus sweet. Um, and that's kind of using wisdom from your body. So yes, still hunger cues and still what you're craving, but also your intuitive wisdom from your brain, like using gentle nutrition, right? Knowing that, okay, you're not super hungry right now, but you have back-to-back meetings for the entire afternoon. Your brain Intuition or wisdom has to play a role in that too, to make the most aligned decision for you. Um, and then we also, of course, use your emotional and spiritual intuition, still communicating with your spirit team or the universe to just receive more signs and knowledge and wisdom around how to treat your body well. Um, that's the long definition of what it means. And what it looks like is just feeling very in the flow and trusting with your body and just aligned in all of those aspects, in all of the holistic ways that we are whole human. What it doesn't look like is any sort of rules, any sort of action that is not aligned and personalized to you. So like a meal plan or a diet plan, um, or even, you know, when my clients say like, okay, my intention for the week is to work out three times. I'm like, well, why three? Like, what if it's just, my intention is to move my body in a way that feels good as often as I want to like, that's more loving. So, no diets, no rules, no restrictions. Um, We rewrite like a definition of what it even means to be healthy because it's not just about proteins and carbs and fats. It's about mental health and spiritual health as well. Um, Yeah. Does that answer?
0: Yeah, that definitely answers my question. And I believe the last part that you covered with just health being very holistic is huge. I'm actually um, reading Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell right now. And I'm on this one chapter where he was talking about this like town that these people live in and how um, just comparing like the, what was it? The, The heart disease rates from the folks in that town versus other surrounding towns and what they found was that the people in that town, they were still eating like the fatty foods. They were not really working out as much or working out like regularly. They were doing things just the same as the folks in the other towns. But the difference was that they had a lot of focus on community, on family, on the spiritual wellness, on taking care of themselves mentally and emotionally. And so their health was looked at in a very holistic way versus just being like, how do we exercise more? How do we eat more vegetables and things like that? So I love that. I feel like we're seeing a lot of people look at spiritual, emotional, uh, mental health as being a really big part of the system and of the equation that we're looking at in terms of, you know, thinking about how to keep ourselves happy and healthier and live longer and things like that. So I love that we're seeing that shift towards some of the things that may not have seemed so scientific and by the book in Mm -hmm. older days, but now there's actual like studies and proof coming out. They're like, yeah, this stuff is, is pretty important, but I'm curious what particular spiritual and lifestyle practices have been helpful along your journey. You mentioned sort of being in the flow. Um, you mentioned even with the workouts, not necessarily having a strict schedule, but more so honoring your body, honoring your need to move. Like What are some other things that you sort of incorporate in your life that help you with intuitively following those nudges also when it comes to food as well?
1: Yeah. So for me, I always tell people the spirituality is the root of self-love for me. So I'm kind of going to start broad and then I can talk about the different rituals because I feel like the rituals are tools to help us, but when it's just about the ritual and the routine that can become obsessive and just about the action and not even about how you want it to make you feel like if you're journaling just because you quote have to, and it feels like a chore, it's not helpful anymore. So for me, the most important thing is like, having a relationship with the universe, like a two-way relationship where I trust the universe. I communicate with the universe. You know, I work from home. I'm alone most of the day. I will talk out loud to the universe. Um, And I also, you know, I mentioned earlier, like I've always been very into mediums and I have grandparents that have passed on and like they're here. Like I know it. And so I have that team and I have just done so much work around like trusting and actually believing the affirmations that I repeat and, you know, allowing myself to receive signs from the universe, whether it's angel numbers or like ladybugs and mermaids are my main signs and being open to receiving those or like, you know, I pick up well, I kind of stopped during COVID, but I'm doing it again now. I pick up any coin that I see on the ground. That's not like absolutely horrifically dirty because this is just abundance at my feet waiting for me to pick it up. And so I feel like I have taken this approach to life and I have always been a very optimistic person, but like, I think the world is magical and beautiful and there are many shadows and there's a lot of darkness here as well, but I also choose to focus on the really wonderful, magical, in-the-flow things. So that's kind of the overarching mindset. And then in terms of the rituals, my morning routine is very sacred to me. Um, I do feel really good when I journal most days, when I meditate or at least breathe most days. I have crystals with me pretty much at all times. And so those just help me feel really grounded and safe and intentional. Um, I do a lot of like scripting, so future pacing, writing out the future or reading it. Um, you know, I have a vision board that I'm always revamping, um, little things like that. And then really just receiving my signs or asking for signs throughout the day. Um, and then in terms of body and food, it's the same thing of like having a two-way relationship, just like how I communicate with the universe, I try to communicate with my body in that same way too. So like it's kind of brain versus body in that way. Like that's the two-way relationship. So it's actually checking in with my energy levels. Um, also because, and I, I understand this, it's way easier for me to do this as an entrepreneur working from home. I get to decide my schedule. So there's absolutely ways to do this and to give yourself this autonomy and these choices um, working you know, in a corporate job, which is what I talk with a lot of my clients about too. Um, but just allowing for, as you said, flow as often as possible, allowing for my cycle to also help me understand like which projects to do this week, or how much energy do I have? So you know, when I'm in ovulation, maybe I'm gonna do a hit workout, and maybe I'm gonna do the cardio. And then when I'm settling down, when I'm coming into the last, you know, quarter of my cycle, and then beginning my period, it's like bar and Pilates and yoga, and allowing that intuitive wisdom to come through as well. So lots of tiny rituals.
0: Yeah. These are all fun ones. Um, and you mentioned the corporate nine to five and working with your clients who do have these traditional jobs. And for anyone who's listening, who may be either a student, cause I know a lot of my audience are students or they are parents or they are working that traditional nine to five. What are some ways that they could sort of honor this flow in their work day? Right. Is it, um, scheduling lunch at a certain time or like, I don't know, what are some ways they can do that, uh, whether they are remote or not? Totally.
1: So it's so individualized and personalized. So I'll try to give as many examples as I can. I think that first of all, like when do you have your time? So if it's nine to five, like what do you want to do with your morning that feels really sacred and like you have that autonomy there and what do you want to do in the evening time? And like focus there first. That's your abundance of you time and independence. So I would look at your morning routine. It doesn't have to be like a strict routine. Maybe your morning routine is just like sleeping in and that's what feels the most aligned to you. Um, and then also in the evening, like what can you do to wind down, to give yourself you time and to dedicate that time To you without social media, most likely. Um, So I look at those end caps and, you know, think about if you do want to do any rituals or routines, you know, journaling, mantras, um, vision board gazing, I kind of call it, because I feel like a lot of people just make the vision board and then forget about it. So I think about jumping into the vision board like you're in Mary Poppins. And that's what I think of as vision board gazing, like allowing yourself to actually feel those feelings, Um, meditation, breathing movement, whatever it is, when you're actually at work, something that I recommend for food specifically, if you're bringing lunch is giving yourself at least one or two choices so that you're allowing your intuition to speak to you in the moment. So typically this might be like for snacks. So maybe you prepped the main thing the night before or in the morning, um, you're not going to know for sure what you're in the mood for come lunchtime the night before. So if you can give yourself, let's say you typically have two snacks. Okay. Can you pack like four snacks that aren't going to go bad? And that way you can actually choose what you want in the moment. Um, so that's a really good way to give yourself that little bit of choice or flexibility. This is also a great option. If you're trying to teach your kids, how to be intuitive and in touch with their bodies, but you don't want to cook You know, five different meals for your family, give everyone the main meal and then allow them to choose a side or, you know, a dressing or a topping, giving back that autonomy and that choice there. Um, And then I would also say, like, ask, you know, if your schedule feels super rigid or you feel like there's not enough room for flow, like, ask your boss for what you need. Obviously, this is so individualized, but It's going to be a no unless you ask. So if you can get clear on those small things that you need, whether it is, you know, just the opportunity to go for a walk at 1030 or 11 or to go for a walk at lunch and you feel like you don't have that permission, just ask because you never know. And I feel like especially with the more flexible hybrid work model that a lot of people have, the answer is more likely to be yes now than maybe it
0: would have been two years ago. I agree. And I was literally chatting with a friend about this yesterday, the exactly what you said about the, I, the answer will be no, unless you ask. And I feel like there are people who don't ask because they're assuming the answer will be no. And of course it's going to be a no because you've never even presented the possibility as a possibility. Right. And then yeah. there are people who are like, well, I'm going to ask and I have nothing to lose. And if it's a no, it's a no, but if it's a yes, then I get this thing or I get to experience this thing that I really want. So I love that. And I agree. I feel like right now we're seeing more employers at the very least, like, you know, a good chunk of them being more sympathetic to our mental health, um, especially with the the environment that we are living in right now. So I do think it is worth it to sort of ask for what you need, especially if you can use that argument or the point of like, this is for my mental health. Like I will literally be a better employee if you allow me to do the things that I need to do to fuel myself and to basically prep myself for this day. So I love that. to shift gears a little bit because we talked about diet culture earlier in the episode, but we didn't really dive too much into it. So I want to understand what are some of the biggest misconceptions that you hear about or that you see perpetuated on social media, let's say when it comes to diet culture. Mm -hmm. So I would say the most popular trends
1: right now that I've seen are still like low carb or anti-carb and intermittent fasting and keto. But I feel like intermittent fasting is really like in the spotlight right now. Um, and then there's, okay, (laughs) yes. I've seen those as well. uh Uh-huh. There's also misconceptions about what food freedom means. And there are so many people out there that think that if they release all the food rules and they start eating intuitively, then that means that they're going to have no control, no nutrition. They're going to binge even more and feel totally out of control and gain a bunch of weight. And that is not necessarily true. So those are kind of the misconceptions. Um, carbs are good. We need carbs. Um, and, That's just the truth of it. I mean, I don't like super closely follow the very traditional like food pyramid, but when we were learning about that, you know, in elementary school, I remember it's like 60% carbs, um, or, you know, the range is kind of like 45 to 65%. And still, I, I don't count macros. I don't even love those percentages. But the point is that like carbohydrates are our main body, our body's main source of fuel we need it. Carbs will not necessarily just make you gain weight. That's simply not true. Intermittent fasting is particularly dangerous for women actually because of our hormones. So men it's more sustainable for if they're going to do it. Women, it's actually really not great for our hormones to not eat breakfast or to fast. Um, it's, it's just damaging. It's also damaging for your energy levels and just for your mental health, because it's not typically sustainable. It's hard to socialize, right? If you have like certain feeding windows, it's just not fun. And then if you're like, oh, well, I'm more flexible on the weekend, then your weekends become cheat days. And it's just a perpetual yo-yo cycle. So it's just not worth it in the long-term. There are so many things you can do to Like, lose weight fast if you want a quick fix, but it's just. Never going to last, and so, in my opinion, it's not worth it. Um, and then those misconceptions about what it means to have food freedom, I think, like merits a conversation about surrender. And it's similar when manifesting, it's not like you just surrender everything to the universe and you lay on your couch, eating popcorn, waiting for the you know, dream guy or the six figure income to come. Like, no, you still have to take. Aligned action, and there are still things that you control. You're just surrendering, you know, the things that you don't need to control. And so, same with your body, you still control certain things. You're just surrendering the things that your brain wasn't even meant to do. Like, imagine if we had to think about digesting. Like, oh my goodness, we would have no time for anything else. And so because we don't have a choice, we delegate that to our digestive system and we trust our digestive system to work. Why can't we do the same with hunger cues, right? Instead of like forcing your body to eat every three hours or to wait, like that's not your brain's job. So can you delegate that to the body system that was created to do that? that's going to feel a lot more under control than saying, you know what, F it. I'm just going to surrender my hunger cues and just see what happens. Like, okay, yeah, that's going to feel scary and maybe a little bit out of control. So there's a way to surrender and delegate and let go of control without like letting it all go and just completely ignoring nutrition and your body and your well being.
0: I completely agree. And I feel like when you were talking about the fast fix, that is, I feel like the underlying goal of diet culture and diets. It's like people go on diets because they're like, I want to lose five pounds before my wedding, or I want to lose like 10 pounds before I go on vacation. And then it sort of becomes this thing where once you get to that goal, it's like, you probably, you know, throw away the diet. You go back to doing whatever you were doing before or even worse, like you're overeating now. You're sort of Mm -hmm. binging because you've been like restricting yourself for so long. And it is that yo-yo situation where it's like, you're never going to feel like you, you're in a, a good spot with it. You're always going to be trying to achieve something with the diet. So I completely feel that, um, I know I've had my own personal struggles with that specifically, mainly because I love, like, I'm always hungry, but I've come to the conclusion that I eat a lot because I have a fast metabolism and because I work out a lot, I work out pretty much every single day. Um, cause I just, I just love the gym, but it's like, When you're working out a lot and when um, I lift a lot as well, like that takes so much energy. And so it's like, how can I expect my body to perform at optimal levels if I'm not fueling it? And so, you know, I remember a time when I used to do intermittent fasting and was also going to gym and it's like, I had like no energy. I'd be at the gym struggling because it's like, I'd come home from the gym and I'd be like, I can't eat until 12. Oh like, God. could you imagine? Like now I, I like look back at that and I'm like, oh my God, was I okay? <laughs> like was I okay meanwhile now these days I come back from the gym I'm like looking for my protein shake I'm looking for my bagels I'm like looking for my coffee because Mm -hmm. I'm starving like I've just done an hour-long lifting session yeah like I need to eat (laughs) you need it yeah so I loved everything you said there and for anyone who's doing like IF clearly if you're a woman maybe don't (laughs) maybe maybe stay away don't. don't do that but, um, but with the holidays coming up, especially like when everyone listens to this, it will be Thanksgiving week, which is so wild. Like how are we even here? Like, I don't know know what's going on anymore, (laughs) but with the holidays coming up, um, Thanksgiving, you know, Christmas, all the good stuff. What are some tips that you can offer anyone listening who wants to sort of navigate like this food scene in a very healthy and intuitive way? Because I feel like there's a lot of just the, the idea of overeating and sort of, doing the most at Thanksgiving has Mm -hmm. become so normalized. Like people are like, I'm going to stuff myself. I'm going to eat five plates. And it's like, yeah, do you even want five plates? Like, why are you, what are you, what's going on here? No. (laughs) So how can we navigate this specific uh, scene instead of holidays that are coming up? Totally. So first thing
1: is that I actually have a free Three-day challenge or three part challenge. I'm happy to send you the link for. Um, yes, I'll put it in the show notes for everyone listening. Perfect. So I would start there. It's like overall like an hour's worth of training that teaches you how to have a binge-free holiday season. So download that. Um, but tips. So yeah. Thanksgiving, it's like the national binge eating day, I feel like. And it's not necessary. The main thing that I want everyone to kind of internalize is the fact that that food isn't special. And when we make it feel special and we put it on a pedestal and there's so much hype around it, it feels like you have to take advantage of it. And that's a lack mindset. It's like not enough time to enjoy this, not enough opportunity. Therefore go big or go home in this one meal to take advantage. Otherwise you're going to miss out. There's that lack. The abundance says I could make sweet potatoes with marshmallows on any random Tuesday. Like I could, right? Or I could roast a turkey for dinner Maybe not a whole turkey, but you could roast a turkey breast.
0: I've done like tu- it before. A turkey leg <laughs> or something. Exactly. My mom does that like all the time. She'll like go to the store and buy like a turkey leg. You yeah. just have that for dinner. I mean, I love it.
1: And so when it's not special anymore, it's just like not a big deal it's just not a big deal. It's like, it's just another dinner. Um, you can also take leftovers home, right? Why stuff yourself and make yourself uncomfortable on one day when there's an abundance of food, there's always leftovers. The more, the merrier enjoy it again for the next few days. And when you're actually hungry for it and you're not stuffed, it's going to taste better and you're going to enjoy it even more. Um, so Eat a normal breakfast, eat a normal lunch before Thanksgiving. And just try to treat it like a normal meal and just trust that the leftovers will be there. The abundance, again, is like, there's an abundance of time to enjoy this. I can enjoy this all week. I can freeze it and I can enjoy it next month, right? There's an abundance of opportunities. Um, And then, you know, obviously with the holidays, perhaps there is more sweets and different foods in one season than you're used to. Um, And so I feel like if you're in the all or nothing mindset, this is a season where it's all in. So it's like, you know what? There's so many holiday parties coming up. I'm just going to go big, whatever. And then starting January 1, I'll be good again. I'll be on my diet again. I mean, probably do that every single year and that's not good. So let's maybe find that middle ground instead of the all or nothing. How can this be just normal. How can this be you eating what you want when you want it? Sure. There's more cookies at the holiday party, but again, you can go and get those cookies literally whenever, right? Even if it's not the exact same one, you can go and get cookies, thankfully at the grocery store, if you have that access. So when it's not as special, just not a big deal.
0: Yeah. And when you mentioned the idea of like, I'm going to go big for these few months and then January and back in the gym, it just reminds me of like how the gym gets so packed with people like January, February, March, but by April, you know, there's that running joke of like the gym will empty out again. Like it'll be normal again. And I think it's if you're prioritizing your health and everything that we've been talking about in this episode, like intuitive eating, following those nudges of how to move your body, when to move your body, you're not going to be going in these sort of like cycles of like binge and then go hard at the gym and then get ready for next year and then don't eat, you know, all day for Thanksgiving and then yeah. have like five plates for dinner because it's just, it's it's a lot, like it's a lot. And I feel like it that whole idea is like very, very damaging. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love the tips. The uh, guide that you mentioned, the, what is it? Is it a worksheet? No, you said it's like a it's, training. It's a, it was a three-day
1: challenge. And so mm-hmm. I've made it, I've made the replays available for everyone. So now it's like a three-part challenge or three-part workshop. Cause you can watch it all in one day, or you can gotcha. go
0: just one day at a time. Okay, perfect. We will link that in the show notes for anyone who is wanting to prep, especially because like I said, as you guys listen to this, it should be about two days before Thanksgiving. So I know I will be, um, I'm flying out to visit my aunt in Maryland on Tuesday. So guess what I'm watching on the plane? So yeah um but I want to chat a bit about emotions as well we again touched on this earlier in the episode but I want to dive a little bit further into it and understand how our emotions play into the way we eat. I know I personally struggle with sort of this uh binge eating that can happen when I get really sad or lonely like food is you know a comfort for me and so moving to Dallas it's been I've been eating a lot more sweets i've noticed because it's sort of like a comfort for me specifically ice cream um and i kind of want to understand like how someone could work to heal this pattern and to really sort of like nip it in the bud especially if it is something where it's like binge eating because of an emotion yes okay so
1: first thing to note is that we are all emotional eaters Okay. Oh, okay. Yes. So I
0: can have the label and not be ashamed. Okay. Yes. Okay. <laughs> because think about it. Like, yes.
1: You have emotions about food. Like
0: you love ice cream. I do. Okay. I really do. <laughs> Same. Maybe. Is there a food that you don't like? I don't like a lot of it. Th- I don't eat meat. So I don't like meat. Okay.
1: Okay. So, yes. <laughs> so meat makes you feel a certain negative or maybe neutral, but probably negative way. Yeah. Like, a yeah. Okay. So therefore you are an emotional eater (laughs) and I am too, right? There are certain things that I really love that make me happy because they taste so good or they look so beautiful. I'm a Taurus. So like very into the senses.
0: "Yes." Yes. The luxury, the experience, the smell, the look, the taste. Oh, love yes. it. It's an experience <laughs> to eat. Like every single time I sit down and have a meal, I have to put on the episode of Seinfeld. I'm sitting down on my couch. Like I have to prep everything. And yeah. so like when friends are like, if we ever get food or something, like when um I had a friend come visit and she's like, oh, like you don't eat in your car. You don't eat. Like if you're so starving, you don't eat on the way home. I'm like, no, I need to get home. I need to like set up. I need to sit down, take my shoes off, put the heat on because I don't like to eat when it's cold. Like it has to be a whole <laughs> Specific ritual. <laughs> yeah, totally,
1: totally Taurus vibes. Um, yes. And so those are that's like tapping into your emotions, right? You want to feel comfortable, you want to enjoy it. And so we have emotions about food. There's no point in avoiding that. However, we do not want food to be your main emotional coping mechanism. So there's still a way around this, but the first thing is dealing with that label because as you said, There's shame around it or guilt a lot of times. And so it is okay for food to make you feel happy or maybe like sad or upset or disgusted, whatever it is. So that's the first thing. Um, And then we want to look at actually those emotional triggers. And this is one of the reasons why it's not about the food, right? If you feel like you eat due to stress or boredom or emotions, it's more about what are those stressors? Why are you bored? And what are those emotions and way less about what you're eating? So obviously healing that pattern is going to be more so about like what that particular emotion is. So for you, loneliness, okay, you just moved somewhere new. That is an experience and a feeling that's making you feel lacking in some way. So like lack of Maybe love, lack of support, um, lack of community. Okay. So food isn't going to give you an abundance of community.
0: I wish it could. I wish, I truly wish that ice cream could be my best friend because really we're we're meant to be.
1: <laughs> yeah. So that's funny that you say that side note because I think because I'm a tourist and I've just always loved cooking. When I was not even that young, honestly, maybe like high school or middle school, I loved potatoes. I still love potatoes, but I would always say to my family, like, oh my God, potatoes are my best friend. Oh my and God. And my mom like still makes fun <laughs> of me for it.
0: I love it. But it's like the, what was that thing? The Mr. Potato Man, you know, the one they would like dress up. So I could totally see why you were like putting a personality behind Okay. You. Yes. Like, it is okay. a stud man. <laughs> <laughs> totally.
1: Let's go with that. Yeah. Um, okay. So yes, with, so the loneliness food, unfortunately won't give you an abundance of community or friends or love, whatever it is. So how can you fulfill that perceived lack or that whole First. And then once you've kind of dealt with the emotions, if you're like, you know what, I feel better and ice cream would just make me a little bit happier, then like go eat that ice cream and enjoy it mindfully as like a tertiary coping mechanism. Like it is okay to use food has a tool. It is emotional. There's no point in avoiding that. Um, but is there anything that you can do first to actually deal with whatever it is that you're feeling? So if you're stressed and you go to food whenever you're stressed, we need like a middle man, something that is easy and accessible that you can turn to quickly that will help you actually deal with the stress. So for perhaps that's just getting outside for like a minute and like breathing in fresh air. And that helps. Or perhaps it's like getting horizontal is what I always say, like lying down and just breathing, like left hand on heart, right hand on belly, just lay down for like a minute or for 10 breaths and then get curious. Am I actually hungry? Do I feel better? Like, what do I actually need to fulfill me and to bring in this abundance due to whatever perceived lack I'm experiencing.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. I love that. And I think that is definitely what I've been intuitively (laughs) attempting to do is like, when there is that, you know, boredom or that stress or that loneliness that I feel, and there's a desire to turn to the food, it's like, Okay, maybe instead of me having this snack, like I call my mom, I FaceTime my mom, and like I have a chat with her. Or like if I'm so stressed about whatever it is that I'm doing, like maybe I step away for a minute and just like go read a chapter of my book or go my favorite other thing is to like just go drive to like home goods or target and like just walk around. Wow. Just okay, like Taurus energy also like literally goods. Yes, like home goods, TJ Maxx, um, Target by the Magnolia, like home collection aisle. I just, I stay over there. I truly do. And just like walk around smell the candles. By the time I get back home, I'm like, okay, I can, you know, send these emails. I can do this thing. It's like, whatever. So, love it. so yeah, so I think that is amazing advice. I feel like that is definitely super helpful at least in my case. So hopefully anyone listening who maybe struggles with like similar issues, similar things when it comes to like using food as coping mechanisms can, you know, love these pieces of advice as well. Mm-hmm. So I would love to just wrap up our conversation. This has been amazing, by the I way, know. I've completely enjoyed chatting with you, but I want to kind of wrap up and just ask you, what is it like for someone to work with you as a client? So if there's anyone who is, you know, like, I love this conversation. They love your vibe. They are wanting to work with you, or perhaps like if you have any courses, workshops, et cetera, um, what is it like to work with you? And then where can we find you and where can we find more information? Of course, I'm going to link all of your stuff down below, but yeah. now for the people who who are like listening and maybe they want to, I don't know, take note mentally. Totally. (laughs) You can give us all that info.
1: Yes. So different ways to work with me and the best way to find out if I can even help, is to click on one of the links below, which will bring you to a quick application to get on a complimentary consultation call. It's a food freedom game plan session where we'll kind of just dig into what's actually going on, see if I can help you, and then figure out really a customized game plan to get you there. Um, So there's one-on-one, there's group, there's self-paced, all the things. um, So we can explore that Together. I've talked to hundreds, maybe thousands of people at this point. So I'm very good at understanding what you need. But in terms of what it actually looks like in any of those containers, is really starting with the subconscious mind. A lot of people start and stay at the tip of the iceberg with action. They just do the diet, they work out, they take the supplements and just doing the action without actually changing the inner beliefs and the subconscious truths, it's not going to be sustainable. It's not going to last. That's why we do the yo-yos and the ebbs and flows and the roller coaster. So I actually start everyone going really deep into the subconscious mind and rewiring those lacking truths and those fearful truths into abundant loving truths. And so we typically look at your truths around food and around body image and beauty standards, but more so around more general things like Perfection, um, self worth, trust in general. Because again, it's it's not really about the food. So we start there, and then we move into the conscious thoughts and rewiring those from negative to positive. So you know the labels, the black and white, into more freedom and peace and loving thoughts. And then we take action. I want it to be implementable. All of my clients experience small, sustainable results every single week. Um, So taking action is still important, but it just has to be the last step in order for it to all be in the flow. Um, So that's my three-tiered
0: pyramid of healing that pretty much everyone will experience also. You are so right, especially with the subconscious stuff. Like that is what is governing pretty much most of our actions, our life, our perception of reality. And so in order to make any sort of lasting change when it comes to your beliefs or your perception or the actions that you take, you do need to dive deeper and you do need to address some of the things that you may not even know are there. So I love Mm -hmm. that, that it is your first step, the first part of the approach, because I think it's the most important step. So yes, like I said, all of Sloan's links will be down below in the description, including the workshop, the three-day workshop that we mentioned and the application form and anything else, including how to find her on social media. But this was amazing. Thank you so much for joining me today for this chat. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. I think I learned so much about just like food and eating intuitively and just like myself. And this was like super, super helpful for me. So hopefully the audience feels the same. Thank you so much. And thank you for having me. This was so fun
1: and yeah, I hope the same for everyone as well. And I hope everyone has super happy holidays and is feeling really good after listening in.
0: Yes, I hope so too. Hi, my love.